Welcome to SLP Money, an in-depth conversation for speech language pathologists and private practice owners on how to break through to the next level of your career and business. Join your host, Craig Goldslager, a financial advisor and certified exit planner, as he shares strategies and stories that will help you become more financially confident and better invest your time and money. You can learn more and stay up to date at utterlyfinancial.com. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of SLP Money. Today, I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Jason Early, who is the chief revenue officer of a company called Biz Equity. Jason, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And so, one of the tools that our team uses at Utterly Financial is the Biz Equity software that Jason's company represents. And so, what today's purpose is, is to go over some of the main reasons why it's so important for private practice owners to have an accurate valuation or a fair estimate of valuation of their private practices. So, Jason, can we start off by talking a little bit about, from your perspective, why it's so important for private practice owners to have a fair estimate or an actual valuation done for their private practice? Absolutely, Craig. And it's a great point. Look, when we think about it, having an accurate understanding of the value of your business for a private company owner is the single most important question that they can answer. So when you think about it from the business owner's perspective, 9.9 times out of 10, it's their largest asset. And not having an understanding of the value of your largest asset is insane, especially when you think about it from a, a financial planning standpoint, from a succession planning standpoint from a risk management standpoint or a personal financial planning standpoint, very certainly from a capital structure standpoint, to make proper decisions as it relates to all those things, it's critical to understand the value of their business. So we were troubled by the fact that most business owners don't know that value. And and so that's why we sit out on our mission. And it's so interesting that you say that from your research and your team's research that a lot of business owners don't know the business valuation of their company. And does your team have data to support that or facts and figures just so some of the listeners today might think, well, I have no idea, Craig or Jason, what my business is actually worth. Do you have data that backs up the fact that a lot of private practice owners may not actually know what the value is of their business? Yeah. Ibis World says that it's 98%. So 90% of privately held companies haven't valued themselves or don't know the value of your business. And while at first brush, that's an astonishing number. When you stop and you think about the value proposition for business valuation done traditionally, it becomes a little more clear. Meaning if I'm a private company owner and I want to value my business and I want to do so traditionally, it's typically going to cost 7,500, 10,000, 15, upwards of $20,000 to do so. It's going to be four to six weeks. It's offline. It's highly intrusive. And so, again, faced with that as a value proposition, you understand why 98% of businesses don't do it. But again, it's such a critical number to understand from the business owner's perspective. I mean, every single decision they make should be made with an understanding of value, but it's just not the case. And I appreciate you sharing some of those details as to why it might be so difficult for private practice owners. I mean, you talked about some things like the cost of it, the actual burden to the business owner for coming up with these documents to provide an appraiser with the information they need to actually calculate the valuation. So one important thing I think you touched upon also is the fact that with a valuation that's done traditionally, 
it becomes a static document. So after I go through that certified process with a certified valuation appraiser or a credentialed advisor, I come up with a number and they give me a piece of paper on a document. And then all of a sudden, a week later in my business, I go out and secure a loan to expand my practice because I want to open a new facility. So all of a sudden, you've procured this new debt and that might have an impact on your valuation. So share with us a little bit more about ways that it can be advantageous for a business owner to be able to have the capabilities to come up with a valuation a week later, two weeks later, just to have the updated ability to do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. We don't believe that business valuation is a one-time event. Rather, it's a living, breathing thing. And so when you think about that, and to your point exactly, the minute it's done, the next day, the valuation's out of date. And so having a way to not only value that business, but then continually monitor that value is critical because several things, to your point, whether it's new debt or a new account or market changes, there's a lot of things that affect the value of a business. And so being able to watch that value change, for example, on a valuation history graph on a dashboard of a platform, that is an example, is very powerful for the business owner. Because again, we believe that for every decision a business owner makes, they should have the affect of that decision on the value of their business at the forefront of, of that decision. And so how can you do that if you don't know the value of the business? And so again, yeah. when we think about it in terms of having the valuation be a living, breathing thing, that empowers the business owner to, to make better decisions. Absolutely. And so one of the things that is so important to business owners is to have the end in mind. So when you're thinking about potentially selling your practice someday, so listeners of the show will recall a previous episode where we talked about having an exit plan and why it's so important to have that strategy in place. That goes in hand in hand with knowing what that value might be. So if you're looking to retire with a certain income threshold, you need to sell your practice for a certain amount in order to help generate that income. Because another important thing that you mentioned earlier, Jason, was that the sale of a business for a private practice center will represent most likely the largest asset in their retirement income strategy. So to not have an accurate appraisal or valuation behind that, you're sort of grasping at straws. You don't necessarily know what you can have in retirement from an income perspective. So, Craig, CNBC says, and this is a great stat that we use all the time. It, it's not a great stat. It's a scary stat, but it, it's one that paints a picture. CNBC says that 78% of private company owners plan to fund their retirement at least 80% through the sale of their business. But again, I mentioned earlier that 98% of businesses don't know the value of their business. And so when you stop and pause and think about that, it's crazy. I'm going to retire when I sell my business. I just have no idea what that number is. And that's a scary proposition for most business owners out there. Unbelievable. I appreciate you bringing up that statistic. It's just, it's such a disconnect. And business owners need, they understand the importance of the number, but yet they don't have the number. So we use an analogy oftentimes when we talk about the software with our clients and that in today's world, if, if you want to sell your home, most people that we talk to will go on to Zillow or Redfin or some similar type of software to get some type of appraisal of their business. They're not necessarily going to go ahead and hire an appraiser to come walk through the home, give them an accurate, 100% accurate valuation of the home and going through that walkthrough. They'll go on, look at the algorithm behind Zillow's pricing model. They just 
see that Zillow says my house is worth $500,000 and so sort of a fair estimate of value. So can you share perhaps a little bit more maybe using that analogy or something similar in that the difference between a fair estimate of value and an actual certified valuation of the business? There is always going to be a need for certified valuation reports and and that serves a great purpose, but it's not that a business owner needs to do that on a quarterly basis to make informed decisions on their business. And so when you think about having a certified valuation done, perhaps it's to satisfy the IRS for something, perhaps it's to satisfy the courts for something. But other than that, if I own a business and I'm thinking strategically and long-term about where I am today and where I want to be, as well as kind of my exit plan, having an understanding of value is critical. And so you shouldn't have to go through that process time and time again. And so to your point exactly, it's not that there's a difference necessarily in, in the output. It's just a difference in the legwork and the requirements on the business owner's front. Because look, the value proposition for those that provide certified valuations, they're in a tough position. They have to charge as much as they do because it requires so much time, effort, and energy on their part. So to provide somebody with a certified valuation report, it requires a lot of time. And so again, it requires them to, to have to charge that much. And so when it's built on software, the way that the biz equity platform obviously leverages technology, you eliminate that element and allow it to happen in real time and certainly for a lot cheaper. Yes. So true. Everything you said, and I appreciate you going into all of those specific details about why, and it's just incredibly empowering to be able to log in, come up with the value. And like we said earlier, there's many different variables that business owners want to do, whether it's selling the business, going through an expansion, Maybe you want to think about protecting the business in certain ways. You just have to have the accuracy and you're able to get results that you're looking for almost instantaneously, which is so critical because everyone knows that all business owners wear many different hats. There's a lot of different things going on. So to be able to provide a solution so quickly is just so empowering. So I want to transition a little bit about the different types of valuations that are used for measuring the value of private practices. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more from your expertise about some of the different methodologies that private practice owners can use to come up with a value of their businesses. I'll speak kind of to our methodology for value in private companies and kind of why that is. So we use a a hybrid methodology between discounted cash flow and, and seller's discretionary earnings. So it's a hybrid methodology And if you were to apply, as an example, a a DCF or a discounted cash flow, which was used a business school type methodology, public company valuation methodology, if you were to apply that DCF model to private companies, you'd really grossly undervalue them. And that's because when you think about it from a private company standpoint, if I am running a privately held company, I'm doing everything I can to lower my overall tax exposure. And so there's a lot of expenses that I'm running through the business. And if you were to just apply that DCF model, again, you'd undervalue that business. So you have to account for those addbacks. And again, we do that with the components of seller's discretionary earnings. And so that's why it's so important to kind of use elements from both and have that hybrid methodology. Yes. And I completely agree with that. And in the private practice owner's world and in their mindset, it's difficult to add all of those expenses that you're talking about back in. So do you have any other maybe examples that our listeners might be thinking about? So 
yes, the goal is to maybe have the lowest possible bottom line because you don't want to get taxed or pay tax on certain amounts of income. Some of these expenses that you might add back in or some of the discretionary earnings that you're talking about add back in to help improve the valuation of the business. Look, here's what it boils down to, right? And this is kind of anecdotally, right? So our founder says all the time that he knew when he started on the mission with Biz Equity and he started kind of with that mission to democratize business valuation knowledge for the business owner, he knew he had a great idea and he knew it was going to be a great service. But what he thought is he said, man, I'm going to bum a lot of people out, meaning businesses will always think that their business is worth more than what it actually is. Well, it's because of this exact point that the opposite is true, meaning we found that more and more businesses are pleasantly surprised with the number because of this principle, meaning business owners strip so much out of their business by way of expenses or or what have you, and they kind of kill that bottom line number that once they add that back in and gives you a truer representation of the value of their business, oftentimes they're pleasantly surprised because, look, the reality is having somebody come from the outside objectively and look at the value of the business, they're going to add that back in and they're not going to assume those same expenses or, or what have you. And so that gives it a truer value of the business. And again, I think businesses, Main Street or privately held companies are more often than not pleasantly surprised rather than the opposite. Again, I completely agree. And I think an example that we'll often use is someone will look to purchase your private practice for some of the discretionary earnings that you may or may not even realize that you're taking as a business owner. So they're looking to purchase the future earnings and future cash flow of the business. So if you're filing as a certain type of corporation and you're taking ownership distributions, well, that counts towards these cash flows that we're talking about. So someone else might choose instead of taking an ownership distribution from the business, they might reinvest it back into the business and open that occupational therapy department that they've always wanted to do or become a multidisciplinary clinic. So because of that, you need to be able to account for that just because a private practice owner is expressing income and taking income in a certain way. A future business owner of your practice might not take the earnings the same way. And so important to know the differences and the ways that you are realizing income as the business owner. So another thing that I find coming up in conversation a lot with some of these private practice owners, Jason, is, well, you might see different methodologies. We talked about the combination of discounted cash flows and discretionary earnings, but to come up with an actual number to represent the business, let's we like round numbers. So let's say that my practice is worth a million dollars. Are there actually different ways in which you can express the value of that $1 million or maybe different calculations to come up with that number? Yeah, absolutely. So when we think about it from a methodology or a calculation, if you will, standpoint, we're always going to use that same kind of methodology to value a business. But what our platform will do is it'll serve up four different conclusions of value, if you will. So we're going to provide an asset value, an enterprise value, an equity value, and a liquidation value of that business. And each of those might be used for different scenarios, obviously. And so in our report, again, the Biz Equity platform will generate a 29-page valuation report, and we're going to walk through each of those different conclusions of value and provide definitions around each one. So we think about it from a standpoint of there's a certain methodology to value the business, but there's four different conclusions of value that we provide. Yeah, that's great. And when we use 
the report that you mentioned to share with our clients the results of what the actual valuation is of the practice, we usually talk about two specifically, one being the equity value and one being the liquidation value. So since our private practice owners in the speech pathology, audiology realm are a very service-based industry, I think it's important to talk about the liquidation value and equity value. So if a private practice owner wants to liquidate their practice, essentially, and correct me if I'm mistaken, but what that means is they're going to just, for some reason, they don't have a succession plan lined up. There's no buyer. There's no future owner of the practice. And so in order to realize any tangible value from the practice, they'll have to liquidate the business, meaning you'll have to sell whatever you can. And since, again, it's such a service-based industry, maybe you have some computers or technology or something within the practice that might be able to be sold off. But for comparisons purposes, if I own a construction company and I have to liquidate my business, I can sell my machinery, my equipment, maybe some land that I own, other specific tangible property. So when you compare the equity value versus the liquidation value, especially of a service-based business, what kind of differences might you see between an equity value and a liquidation value? You hit on it. So they can be very dramatic differences in the service-based industry. Because to your point, if you're liquidating the business in, in a fire sale, there may not be any assets to really liquidate. So oftentimes you'll see a very dramatic discrepancy there. But again, it's liquidation value oftentimes is kind of that worst case scenario. If you're looking at the equity value of the business or the enterprise value of the business, because there's a third party buyer in the mix, whether it's employees or an external third party, or perhaps it's part of a roll up, whatever the case might be, they're not buying it for the assets or the liquidation value of the business, rather for the income that business provides or the income streams that the business provides. And so I think you nailed it. Right. Again, it's something that we see very common amongst the business owners that we work with or just conversations at different association meetings that we go to and that you don't want to be dealt the hand where you're forced to liquidate and not prepared. And so I think it's next important to talk about some of these factors that go into determining the equity value and the enterprise value. So we talked a little bit about the discretionary earnings, the discounted cash flow. What are some of the other business documents or financial statements that someone might need to help calculate one of these enterprise or equity valuations? Really, we have, and it sounds like an awful lot, I promise it's not, but this equity platform collects 143 different data elements to generate the most accurate valuation of that business. But in there, again, are obviously non-cash expenses and things like that, like you mentioned. So it's really three years worth of financial data. But then we get into some growth and operational metrics. So we'll look at long-term revenue growth over long-term EBITDA margin growth. We'll look at customer concentration. We'll look at the impact of the owner on the business. So there's a lot of different elements that go into data elements that we collect that go into valuing a business. Absolutely. And so a lot of these things you'll be able to find pretty easily, whether it's a traditional balance sheet or P&L statement or statement of cash flows. But one thing that we talked about a little bit in our pre-recording conversation was about the direct impact that expenses can have on a private practice. So most of our listeners, when you break down your P&Ls with your accountant or your advisors, you'll see that salary expenses will be 70 to 75% of your overall expenses. And we know that to be true because of the service-based nature of the industry. So 
from your experience working with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of businesses, do you find any other major benefits to reducing expenses to help with the value of the practice? So said another way, is there maybe like a dollar for dollar savings? If I cut $1 of expenses, do I see $1 of growth to my valuation or is it more proportionate by doing that, trying to cut some expenses? That's going to depend a little bit by industry. So on the platform, we cover over 900 different industries and they're all weighted a little bit differently from that standpoint. So again, kind of getting into valuing a business, it's critical not only to understand the financials and all the data that we collect, but there's also a lot of data that feeds our platform and our algorithm. And so when you think about it from an industry standpoint, like I said, different industries have very different weightings and different multiples, certainly. So so a lot of what goes into our platform form is transaction history data and market comparable data and things like that. Um, So again, that's more of an industry by industry thing. Got it. Okay. Again, very helpful to know. And I think one other great feature that the report that we talked about a little earlier and one of the benefits of the software is having the ability to benchmark your private practice versus other private practices. So Jason, you mentioned that BizEquity has different industries. I believe you said 900 different industries measured on the software and the platform. So if one of our private practice owners wanted to know how their private practice is performing compared to another one in their county or even their state, is that something that BizEquity can help with? And it's part of the dashboard. So once you go through the, the seven steps and arrive at an accurate understanding of value on the platform, we're going to benchmark that business against all of their industry peers. And so kind of call it McKinsey for Main Street, if you will, where you're going to have a lens into a dozen different KPIs or key performance indicators that stacks you up against your industry peers in in different areas. So income to revenue is an example. We may say you're doing 8% better than the industry average. And then in the report, we'll dig into that a little further and walk you through why that matters, an example, and then how you again, perform against the industry peers. And so exactly to your point, you're able to benchmark and understand as a business owner where you sit against your industry peers. And then we'll go as far as to stack rank that business both locally and nationally in that industry code. Our team finds that feature to be extremely valuable for the private practice owners that we work with because oftentimes if one of the private practice owners They may not have a succession plan lined up. They may not have a buyer or know of a third-party buyer that's lined up. But oftentimes within the industry, there is so much synergy that goes on with a lot of these different private practice owners. And you might, instead of selling, you might merge with another local private practice owner that maybe has another specialization within the field. Perhaps you're an AAC specialist and someone down the street focuses on orofacial myophology. So if that's the case, knowing what your business is worth relative to someone else's can really help from a mergers and acquisition standpoint. We talked about in previous episodes as well, the difference between trying to grow your practice organically versus inorganically. And so when we're talking about mergers and acquisitions, really important to know what type of business am I buying? Is it valued appropriately? Is my business valued appropriately? So with some of the synergies that go on and and we've seen firsthand how clients and private practice owners can have the mutual beneficial relationships post-merger, something really important to consider and know that as long as the valuations of the company are accurate, then 
full steam ahead. And so just a really important thing to think about in knowing where you fall in that stack rank. If I'm the 10th most valuable speech pathology private practice in my county, well, who's number one? Who's number two? Maybe they're looking to acquire a business and vice versa. So important to know all of those different factors. So Jason, any other things that we are, have yet to discuss and that you might be thinking is really important for service-based private practice owners to know about valuing their businesses? I think I'll just kind of reiterate a, a bunch of the points that we've made over the last 20 minutes or so. And that is, we at BizEquity believe that business owners deserve to know the value of their business and that it shouldn't be so expensive and difficult to arrive at that understanding. And so, again, our mission is to democratize that knowledge. And, and again, to the point that you made, we don't believe it's a one-time event, rather a living, breathing thing, and that valuation really should inform every decision you make as a business owner. So you shouldn't have to make any, whether it's hiring or firing or growth, whether it's organic or inorganic, you shouldn't have to make any of those decisions without having a clear understanding of what the value of your business is today and how that decision will impact the value of your business tomorrow. And so, again, part of what we're trying to do is afford business owners the opportunity to understand that in real time, leveraging technology. And so, I think, again, it doesn't have to be such a difficult process for you to understand that value. And leveraging people like Craig, you can arrive at that valuation, understanding of value a lot quicker and easier than ever before. Again, completely agree. And just to share with our listeners an example where this might come in handy is we were talking with a client of ours and they wanted to know, they were thinking about opening a secondary clinic to their primary clinic and that requires procuring additional debt, finding the location, purchasing perhaps real estate. And what was really important to this private practice owner was knowing at the end of the day, is it worth it for us to take on this large new venture and create this secondary operating facility? And while it would require a lot of effort in the short run and it might require some sacrifice from what we talked about earlier, maybe it's from the ownership distribution or reinvesting back into the business directly, what was really important to this business owner specifically was seeing what the long-term value was by undergoing this new facility. And so having that ability, having that phone call, being able to input some projections as to what the expenses would be, what the revenues would be of this new venture, and seeing how that rolled up together with her existing business and showing what the long-term valuation was of the business really helped her make an informed decision as to whether or not to proceed with the clinic, as opposed to just having a gut instinct or saying, well, I think that I have a large caseload that requires this additional services, or maybe it'll work out. We have the ability to provide specific, actionable recommendations and show quantifiably what it will do to the value of the business. And like what Jason mentioned earlier, it doesn't take weeks. It doesn't cost any additional money. It's just knowing what your projections are, what the impact this new facility would have on your existing business. And so by providing the facts and data and working with actual figures as opposed to qualitatively and just arbitrarily coming up with things and guts and feelings, by having those specific numbers and data to back up her thoughts that this industry would work and this secondary clinic would work and there was the demand for this new facility, She's in the process now of going ahead and doing that because she sees the long-term potential and the growth and the valuation of the business. 
So our team is very fortunate to be a subscriber to the Biz Equity platform and the software. It helps the private practice owners that we work with make really extremely informed, as I mentioned, decisions, quantifiable decisions, things that can really help, whether it's with the exit planning, succession planning, eventual retirement income. I mean, Jason, you mentioned earlier, 80% of business owners look to use the valuation of their business to fund retirement income. And you don't know how big that pool of money might be. Well, I find it hard to believe business owners can do that. And there's such a valuable resource available to them. So on behalf of my team and the clients that we serve, I just want to thank you and your team because it's transformed so many business owners' lives that we work with for using the software. So thank you. Well, and Craig, and our hat's off to you, and we appreciate you and your partnership as well. But again, our hat's off to you from the standpoint of, look, if you're providing advice to business owners, it's crazy that you would provide financial advice, again, be it retirement, succession planning, personal financial planning, whatever, without knowing the value of their business. It's very difficult to provide that advice to a business owner without that knowledge. And so again, kudos and and our hat's off to you for subscribing to the BizEquity platform, but helping business owners answer that very important question. And thank you so much. And like I said, it's just completely transformed our team and our business and the conversations that we have with the business owners. So to conclude and wrap up today, I want to thank you again, Jason, for taking the time to speak with us today about the benefits of having a business valuation done for your private practice, some of the metrics that you might want to consider using or looking at when going through evaluation. And again, having some of the resources available to you in today's world and with the technology the way it is, how it is, there's just an ever-evolving resources available to you as a private practice owner. And so if this is something that does interest you, I encourage you to hop onto our website or shoot my team an email and we'll be happy to engage conversation with you about the value of your business, what it might be worth, what you think it might be worth. I'll wrap up by saying I think that there's a lot of anecdotal stories that we hear firsthand from private practice owners about, well, a practitioner down the street sold her business for million dollars. So my business must be worth that because she works two streets over from me. And there's no way to know until you put quantifiable facts to paper, in this case, software, and knowing what will actually produce evaluation for your business. So Jason, thank you so much again for being a guest today on SLP Money. And we look forward to perhaps chatting with you again sometime soon. Yeah, thanks much, Craig. And I apologize to all the listeners who made it through with my raspy voice. I'm battling a cold. So thanks for bearing with me. All right. Our pleasure. Thanks again. And thank you again to all our listeners. And we look forward to speaking with you again on our next episode of SLP Money. You've been listening to SLP Money, hosted by Craig Goldslager. Want even more ideas on how to make smart financial decisions? Head on over to the Learning Center at UtterlyFinancial.com, where you'll find more information for SLPs and private practice owners. While there, you can also schedule a complimentary 30-minute consultation with Craig. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help more people discover SLP money. Thanks so much for listening. Materials discussed is for general and informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investing advice. While the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations may vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon 
only when coordinated with individual and professional advice. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Craig Goldslager is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 2 South Biscayne Boulevard, Suite 1740, Miami, Florida, 33131, 305-371-6333. Securities, products, and financial services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Utterly Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Craig Goldsliger does not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to speech-language pathologists and private practice owner professionals. California Insurance License 0K78754. 2020-94909, expiration 0222.